Well, good morning again. Welcome to the Hills Church uh, at home. Make sure everybody in the house is wide awake or even yell at your neighbors because it's time for church. If you're pouring that cup of coffee, get to the couch. You know what? If you haven't, you can download the message notes at our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. And I'd encourage you to go back over those verses and make personal notes about those scriptures as the Lord is speaking to you. And you can also download the kids' activity sheet so that they can color and follow along and uh, notice some verses uh, as well. So if you have your Bibles, um, open with me to James chapter 3. Last week, we talked about uh, the tongue And we didn't all get it in in one teaching, so we're going to do it again. In fact, it's always one of those things we need to be taught over and over again uh, about the words that we say and aligning up our words back to the Word of God. You know, and we do that by, Hebrews lets us know, by looking to Jesus. And one of the translations says, studying how and what he did studying how Jesus did it. He's our example, he's our direction, uh, and he is our, our Lord. So my title today, the message title is Bullets or Seeds. Bullets or Seeds. I got that title from um, Gary Chapman's book called The Five Love Languages, and he talks about that words are either bullets or seeds. Think about that. A bullet will either cause damage or just the sound of a bullet would cause fear. But seeds get planted and seeds will grow and they'll produce life. So I'm gonna talk about that today. Uh, Are the words that I say, are they bullets or are they seeds? producing life. You know, growing up, um, as I told a a story or two uh, last week, my mom really uh, cranked down on us on the words that my brothers and I would say to one another. Stupid was a bad word in our home. You couldn't say stupid. So we would get into trouble if we used the word stupid or, or other words like that. And so I remember one time I got a little creative. I looked up some words in the dictionary. And at dinner one night, I called my brother a page number. We'll use the word 501. And he he got so mad at me. And he says, Mom, do you know what he called me? And I said, I didn't call him anything. Well, my brother went and got the dictionary and opened up to page 501 and showed my mom what that word was. And I got in trouble for for saying that one word. You know, it's funny, we we use words like bullets, and words to us can be like bullets. And I I often tell this this story. Uh, When uh, Michelle and I were pastoring in another church, and it was Easter Sunday morning, and Easter Sunday, you know, for pastors is always exciting because people invite people, you have new people, and you're celebrating, really. It's not about... Uh, all the visitors, you're celebrating the resurrection of, of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Well, I remember before our first service that somebody had come to me and said that that one of the ladies in the church was in the sanctuary and she was just crying. She was so upset. You may want to get over and just see if everything's okay. Well, as I made my way over to the sanctuary, I had no idea what this lady would be upset from. I didn't know if she had lost somebody in her family. I didn't know if it had been a difficult weekend. And I remember walking in, calling her by name. She had been crying and crying. And I said, I almost said her name. I don't want to say her name. Uh, what's wrong? And she said, we've dishonored the Lord Jesus today on his day. And I said, how have we dishonored the Lord Jesus today? We don't have any Easter lilies in the church. Well, if I remember right, I believe we had Easter lilies outside in our cafe. Uh, there might have been some back or, or two outside, but we didn't have any. So she was so upset that we didn't have any Easter lilies that we had not honored the Lord Jesus on his day. And, you know, that should have been a word. I use that phrase a lot. It should have rolled off of me like water on a duck, right? Like water on a frog. Should have just rolled up. Shouldn't have even thought. That bothered me. That, that saying bothered me. And, you know, it probably still bothers me because I'm bringing it up today. It's funny how those little bullets, right? Those little, just a word of something just hits us just right and sets us off in a different direction. And so when, when uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, writes in James chapter 3 about the tongue in our words, we're always going to be working on the things that we say. So let me read James chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. We've been reading this the past several weeks. And again, let me read this with a little bit of emphasis uh, as you follow along. And it says this, So my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And I always want to emphasize that last part. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, I want to bring out a couple other translations. The New Testament says that verse in this way, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. In fact, that the passage, uh, the passage translation of verse 20 says this, for human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. Let me say that again. For human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous anger. So let me ask the question, how did we all do this last week? How did we all do with anger? How did we all do with our, our words? You know, we don't have uh, everything tape recorded digitally of what we said 
all week long, but I wanted to ask you that question. How did you do? Maybe you need to look at somebody in your house or wherever you are right now. How did you do this week? Do you need to come back to that righteousness of God and get back into alignment in his word? Because I like, I like that what it says, human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. You know, so in James chapter three, I want to read verse one through 12 again. Uh, because I want it to sink into all of us as James brings up, really it is, the he calls it the untamable tongue. So here's what it lets us know. We will always be working day upon day of correcting the things that we say. And so he picks this up in verse one. He says, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in what? Word. He is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles? And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of our mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So James is, this is very strong talk to us, Bible talk. Remember, all scripture has been given by God. It's God-breathed, and it's profitable for correction, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God, the woman of God, may be complete, lacking nothing. James lets us know we're going to be battling with the things that we say, but you know what we can do? We can work on this day upon day to catch the very things that we say. So let me ask you again. Are the words that you are saying, are they bullets or are they seeds? 
Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 at the end, he said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we just read about the horse, the rudder, the bitter and sweet, it's what's in the heart in abundance. It just comes out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, but the tongue is what gives direction to that body. You know, the uh, on the show America's Got Talent several years ago, there was a comedian type guy and his name was Tape Face. And he had a piece of duct tape across his face, his entire act. I think all the way up until the final. He never spoke, he never said a word. And for some of us, sometimes we just need a day that we put tape over our mouth. That we don't allow the tongue to take us in a direction that it should not go because we're working on those things in abundance. Now, here's how you can uh, check the abundance in the heart. And don't do this, obviously. You ever dropped a brick on your toe and you yell out, some word comes out, or you stub your toe, or somebody cuts you off on the freeway and out of your mouth comes? That's how you can check what's on the inside in abundance. On the inside. I was driving with a pastor years ago and somebody cut him off on the freeway and he didn't do a horn. He just said, Jesus, bless them. I remember I turned and looked. I thought, I don't think I'd ever heard that before. Usually it's horn pressed, missiles launched, right? Uh, the whole bit. Jesus, bless them. Lord, bless them today. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Is it bullets or is it seeds? You know, talking is the most natural thing that we do. We started forming our first words when we were babies. And it might have been mama, dada, papa, whatever those words were. We started beginning to form words. But there's also something very supernatural about the ability to talk, the ability to speak, and as James said, we are the only created creatures of God that have the right to choose the words that we say and speak them out. You know, a parrot that speaks only mimics what they hear. The parrot doesn't choose the words. You know, I always remember one of my favorite stories about the parrot, the speaking parrot, was from a young man named John. And I believe he in, in, in this story, he inherited this parrot as a gift, but the parrot was known to have not only a bad attitude, but he had a worse vocabulary and would curse, curse words at people. Every word out of the bird's mouth was rude, obnoxious, and laced with profanity. And John, now owning this bird, tried the best that he could to change the bird's attitude by consistently only speaking positive things, playing soft music around the bird, and anything else that he could think of to clean up the bird's vocabulary. Finally, John, after listening to this bird, right, day and night, was fed up, fed up with the profanity, and he yelled back at the parrot, 
Well, the parrot yelled back at John and John grabbed the parrot and he shook the parrot and the parrot got angrier and cursed even more. And then John got angry and yelled back at him. And finally, John threw his hands up in desperation and he grabbed the parrot and he took him in the kitchen and he stuck him in the freezer. And from the freezer, he could hear the parrot yelling and yelling and cursing back at John. But then all of a sudden, the parrot got silent. He didn't say a word. And John, fearing that he had now hurt this parrot, he quickly opened the door to the freezer and the parrot calmly stepped onto John's outstretched arm and said, I believe that I may have offended you with my rude language and actions. I am sincerely remorseful for my inappropriate transgressions and I fully intend to do everything that I can to correct my rude and unforgivable behavior. John was stunned that the change of attitude in the life of his parrot, as he was about to ask the parrot what caused this dramatic change in his behavior, the parrot spoke up and quietly said, may I ask what the turkey did? You know, many times like that story, um, we might be quick to change only because of a drastic measure. And really, that's not change. Change takes place day upon day, correcting bad habits, making lifestyle change, allowing what the true change agent is, the Word of God, allowing the Word of God that comes in through our eyes, our ears, comes into our mind, comes into our heart to change what's in there in abundance, to renew ourselves so that we begin to see things differently and speak things out differently. One of the pastors um, that uh, I love to quote, one of the things that he said, Ron Pinkston, he said, in difficult, he said, in every situation I use this principle, But in the most difficult situations that I've had, I've always used the principle of listen, love, and lead. Listen, love, and lead. When somebody's coming at me with rude words and I don't come back at them with words, but when I take time to listen and I show them that I love them, Many times I'm able to lead them in a new direction. You know, typically when somebody comes at us, it's a surprise attack. And many times with a surprise attack, we launch a retaliatory attack. But think about that. Bullets or seeds? Listen, love, and lead. What if I listen next time? Even if somebody is saying things that are untrue, totally twisted. But if I just took the time to listen and love the individual, I wonder if I can then lead a better, more constructive conversation to the truth. Learning to say, I'm sorry more, right? Shouldn't be something that uh, is difficult for me to say. You know, Proverbs 18, 21, probably one of the most popular when we're talking about 
uh, words and the things that we speak are in chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death, life, right? The polar opposites are in the power of the tongue and those who love it, those who love death, those who love life will eat it. So let me say this as we're talking about bullets or seeds. Is my tongue speaking death or is my tongue speaking life? Let me tell you how powerful, we won't take time to look at it, how powerful the, the death of the tongue can be. You can look later in Numbers chapter 14 and it's the 10 spies that are sent into the land. Um, and as they go into the land, they see all of the land and the promises that God said, and truly it is a land flowing with milk and honey, the 12 spies, sorry. 10 of them, two of them come back with a positive report, but the nation of Israel listens to the negative report. The people are too big. Yes, it is a land flowing with milk, but they're too big. We'll be squashed. The people listened to the words, not to the ones that had life, but to the ones that had death that would cause them to fear and not act. But there's life that's spoken by our very tongues. Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, that if it, I confess Jesus, the Lord Jesus, with my mouth, and if I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. Look at the two opposites. A nation is swayed and now will spend the remainder of their 40 years wandering in a desert because they chose to follow the words of somebody that didn't see it God's way and spoke death to Romans 10, 9, and 10 that I can confess Jesus as Lord and in my words, I've chosen my eternal destiny with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pretty powerful. Read uh, Numbers 14 and Romans chapter 10. You know, I was thinking about when somebody hurls words at you, what do you say? Well, Jesus' example to us in Luke chapter 23, 34, the scene is the crucifixion of the thieves, the scene is people coming to him and yelling at him. You saved people, but you can't save yourself. You were going to tear down uh, the temple and rebuild it in three days. And they're preparing as they've torn his clothes off to gamble for his clothes. And here's what Jesus says on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Then the Bible says, and they divided his garments and cast lot. On the cross, beginning that bearing of the weight of the sin of the world, past, present, future, listening to people hurling words at them, Jesus would say, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. We would have said, Lord, zap them right now, right now, Lord, zap them. Get that one, especially when what he said, yes, Lord, he's done. Thank you, Lord. That's what we would have done. At least take him out. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. You know, and I thought one of the things, when Jesus had things hurled at him, he was never concerned. 
fact, I think he took that scripture to heart. Take no thought concerning those things. Luke 20, or Luke, Matthew chapter 26, 53, in uh, this situation with the disciples and uh, the Garden of Gethsemane and the soldiers, he says this, uh, or do you not think that I cannot pray to my father and he would provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Hey, you guys, don't you think that I could say, God, I need help? And he sends down 72,000 angels on the scene to take care of this? Jesus wasn't concerned. He wasn't concerned at those things hurled about him. He knew what, what his mission was. He knew the example that he was. Many times we've got to quit taking thought in what people, let them shoot the bullets, right? Let them fire those things out. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they say and do. Father, forgive them. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. In fact, just a few more scriptures here. It says, he mentions this to us. He who would love life and see good days. That'd be all of us, right? He who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Those that love life and want to see good days, here's what you need to do. Refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from spreading deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those that do evil. You know, if we were to pull this out, we see love life, good days. It's refraining the tongue from evil and speaking deceit. And remembering that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, our lives, his ears. Jesus knew he could pray for angelic help and God would have sent him down. He knew that instantly. Have we stopped in these situations because of being the righteous to pray and remembering that God hears? Because I don't want to be the person that it ends with that the face of the Lord is against the evil. The power of God is in the direction, when we read that, the direction of his face. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Let me fire a couple more out here. Proverbs twelve eighteen. There is one who speaks like the piercings of the sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perversedness in it breaks the spirit. The tree of life, bullets or seeds. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. You know, the Bible often refers to honey, right? The sweet things, which many of us don't use honey in a week or a couple weeks, maybe once or twice, or some of you like, wait a minute here. I put honey in my hot tea this morning. I was thinking about an example. The first time I tried Krispy Kreme donuts in Virginia at a hockey game, and it was cold, 
and somebody said, oh, you've got to try a Krispy Kreme donut. They're the best. And I ate it, and it wasn't like, I, no. They took us later to a Krispy Kreme, and that's where we learned about the hot now sign. And we pulled in, and we had a hot Krispy Kreme donut. It'll change your life, right? It's one of those things. People drive from all over when the hot light is on. That's probably a good definition for us. But it mentions pleasant words. They're sweet, right? Sweetness to the soul. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be done with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer, notice what it says, each one. Let your words, let my speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. You know, I wrote in my notes, every situation's different. Every situation, I have to come back and trust on the Lord exactly what to say. But let my speech be seasoned with grace, always be with grace, seasoned with salt. You know, with my son Maverick, we were, I was telling him about this story that I was going to tell. I was Now, as, as my kids are older, I, I always have to, like, make sure they approve that I tell the stories. When they were younger, I used to tell them, if I told a story about you, I'd give you a quarter. Now, they'd, you know, they'd want everything. But uh, I think it was when he first got his Xbox. And in order to have that Xbox Live account, you have to have a credit card linked to it, which I... I didn't like because, you know, these kids are always adding games. And if I remember the story correctly, it was, hey, Dad, there's this download and it's $5.99, $5.99. Do you think I could get it? Well, what what do you get for $5.99? Well, you get this this power pack and, you know, all of these. I said, okay, you can do it only $5.99. Okay, so he goes back upstairs, charged it, and I don't know why, sometime sometime that day, I noticed that $59.99 was charged on my card, it said, from Xbox Live. And uh, he doesn't remember this, but, but I remember to that internal flame that began to light, and, and I could feel like the bullets were getting loaded, right, into the magazine, and I was going to go up there and I was going to teach him a lesson. And I remember going up there and I said, um, you didn't charge $5.99 on my credit card. You charge $59.99. And at first he couldn't remember why it happened, but he remembered that he kept having to click because it didn't pay. Like it didn't let him know it went through. And so what we figured out is he probably did it about 10 times. Well, I remember thinking, I'm going to have to call in, and you can never get a hold of anybody when you need a refund, right? It's only when you're buying something. Well, I got got a hold of this guy pretty instantaneously, explained the situation, and he said, uh, he asked for, may may I uh, ask why you're asking for a credit? And I said, well, I think my son was buying a $5.99 thing, and he clicked on it by accident like 10 times. No problem. We'll credit you the money back. And he said, um, I said, well, uh, do you get a lot of calls like this? He says, a lot of calls. He says, parents are calling all the time. And he says, your $59 problem is nothing. 
we've seen $1,000, right? Kids that have clipped or ordered or over $1,000 and the parents are, you know, irate. And I remember, you know, getting the credit back and I remember thinking I was set loaded to let him have it, right? And it was a, a simple mistake that easily got corrected And it reminds me of that verse. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer each one. Have I always done every situation correctly? Uh, I would have to say absolutely not. Have I fired up the bullets? Absolutely. Went through several magazines. But my heart comes back to wanting my words to be like seeds. You know, we ended last week with this verse out of Psalm chapter 141, verse 3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. You know, if we went back and we flew through every verse here today, remember For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to his prayers. Well, the psalmist writes, set a guard, right? It's like tape face, right? Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Let me be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit in me that when something exits my mouth, I immediately am checked. In fact, let me do better than that. Let it be when a thought comes in and it wants to come out of my mouth that I cast down that argument and imagination, anything that would try to exalt itself above the Lord Jesus. Let me catch it well before it comes out of my mouth and then let me learn and be a student how to correct it so that those things don't come up. As I shared last week, my supervisor, Dennis Easter, he says, every night when I put my head on my pillow to go to bed, I I replay my day and I ask the Lord, is there anything that I need to go back and correct? And it reminds me of that verse, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Let's pray together. Lord, when we go through these verses, in the time that that we do today, we know that we are to be lifelong students that love your word. There are so many principles and things that you can teach us about the words that we say that today I feel like we've just kind of not even scratched a surface, but we need to go back and be humble and be students and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Would you remind us today, Lord, of the things that maybe we've said this week on things that we could correct. And it might not have been words that have gone out of my mouth. It might have been words that went through my fingers that I have said. Father, would you do what that verse says? Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let me be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. As we're keeping a heart of being prayerful, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, mentioned it earlier, Romans 10, 9, and 10, would you pray this prayer with me? In fact, even if you're, you're watching and you've been running from God 
And this is that opportunity to run back to him. Would you pray this prayer along? In fact, the Bible says to confess it with your mouth, to believe it in your heart, and you shall be saved. Pray this with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, rededicated your life, boy, we would sure love to connect with you. You can email us. You can connect with us on social media. So important that you do for those very next steps. The best decision you can ever make and an eternal decision that you made as well. Well, before we close, we want to receive our tithes and offerings. And the verse I want to read today is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. In our giving today, it is impossible to please God without faith. Actually, giving is faith. Giving is sacrificing of what we think is ours to the Lord. We're giving back what's already all his anyways. And that's how we represent our giving of our tithes and offering. It's all his, but we follow his words and principles and in all things have faith that as we give, that he gives back. And let me tell you, God is a giver. So pray this prayer with me as well as uh, we enter a time of, it's an act of worship before the Lord as we get, pray this with me. As I give in today's offering, I have faith in the God who created the heavens and the earth. The God who has given us his infallible word. The God who promises and never breaks his word. I have faith in my God who shall supply all that is needed I choose to put my trust in the Lord again today, right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Say it with me. Amen. And if you're giving, even today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the Give button. You can give that way. It's safe. It's fast. It's secure. You can also mail in your tithe or your offering to The Hills Church. P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And we appreciate your support and faithfulness. Now, I say this uh, at the end. Each Wednesday night, we have a, an opportunity. We do a Wednesday night gathering and communion by Zoom. We would love to see you if you've never heard about it. First time hearing about it, you'd love to connect in. We would love you to connect too. You can email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org, or we send out an email at the beginning of the week with the Zoom uh, password and information. It's always fun when we have people from different states uh, that come on and can share as well too. 
so stay with that. Also, keep updated social media website as we're entering the last couple of weeks of some renovations at the church. We have some exciting plans that we'll be announcing as well, too. But as we do each week, Psalm 121, 1 and 2. I look to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. The Lord bless you today. Allow your words to be seeds, not bullets. We'll reverse it, right? Seeds, not bullets. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and be a student today of his word. In Jesus' name, the Lord bless you.